This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. So uh, we have, I don't know that we've officially introduced ourselves. So I'm, oh. I'm Mario and uh, you are? I'm Jamie. I'm yeah. The youth guy around here. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to hang out with you today. So, so the day is like, um, it's the, the last day of the year. It's, it's, they, they call it in church world kind of the one-off that usually the, is it the youth pastor? Yeah, it's like National Youth Pastor Day, right? <laughs> Tom's out, so they put the youth guy in. They're like, don't know how I got out of it last year, but this year I'm in for it. And Mario so graciously has, has joined along as well. So. Oh, that's awesome. So, so, so yeah, we get to do this thing together, which is, yeah. is kind of fits right along with, with what we've been talking about, which yeah. is really cool. So, so yeah, it's, it's uh, 2023, the end of the year. Here we are. Um, I had decided to uh, look up um, online um, what 2023 was the year of. Uh, so I had to like, Google it, like, what was 2023 the year of? And um, can I tell you, um, it was not pleasant. The answer to that question. <laughs> Didn't like that search. I yet. want to spare you, like, don't look that up. Like, you will feel like, you will feel horrible after you look up what 23 has been listed at. Like, everything about it, like, it, nothing seemed to be good. Um, I was just trying to look, like, is there a silver lining in, in 2023? And, and there just wasn't much to offer. I mean, I guess for those of you who are techie, you might be excited about AI. Anybody excited about? You're like, no, that's Terrified. like Terminator. Yeah, Terminator. That's the yeah, end yeah, of the world. That is, that is it. You know? <laughs> Not interested in that at all. Right, yeah, so it's just not a thing. So so there's just, right, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's much, but there is there, there is a, a one silver lining. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the, the year of uh, engagement for me. That's pretty ha- exciting. Hallelujah. Yeah, come That's on. Exciting. That's exciting. So, no, stop it. Yeah. So we can at least celebrate that like, Come reality. on, if nothing else, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. so good. Yeah. You know, um, as uh, working in mental health, I uh, was also just looking in the realm of like, so what, what I was just curious, like, what, I wonder what's been the trend in this year in terms of mental health. And, and uh, one of the things that came up over and over again, in fact, the most diagnosed thing in 2023 was anxiety disorder. It was like this thing that was just huge throughout and like over and over again, it seemed like this whole idea of anxiety just exploded on the scene and it's just really taken over as a, as a diagnosis. But, but so it seems like it's something that we all kind of deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Mario and I were chatting and we we're just talking through just these different experiences we've had and there's these different stories of, a, of just immense anxiety. And, and I was sharing them with this story that I experienced and, and I, it, was, it was kind of an anxiety that I put on myself. And, and so I was sharing with him, I, uh, I, I made a trip to the airport, as, as people do, you know, I was going yes. to take a flight, mm-hmm. and uh, I did like the thing that most people, most adults would do, you know, he grabbed the, he checked the keys, checked yep. the phone, and we're, you're, you know, we're an hour into this trip, we have been driving for some time, and uh, it just it dawned on me that I did phone, did keys, didn't check for my wallet. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this is over, I can't, it's over before it started, and and so we're, we're already too far, too, too mm-hmm. far committed. So we just went. We drove all the way out to the airport, and I'm doing my due diligence, just trying to get any kind of ID. Because, uh, you know, I, at first when we were driving, I just thought, well, I'm not a debit card, not a big deal, you know, not a credit card. You know, I'll, I'll Apple pay my way through the weekend. I'll be fine. I'll use cash <laughs> or something. And then I realized that I needed a license. And so uh, we, uh, I did my due diligence, got some friends at home. They took care of me. They sent me like a picture of my, of my license. They sent me like, a picture of my passport. I thought, we're going to be in the clear. We're going to be good. And, and so I got to the airport. We get to TSA and we wait through that whole line. And I get to the line and I, there's this gentleman who's, who's at the, uh, you know, taking, taking the IDs. And, 
And I, and I go and I pull out my phone, and this gentleman looks like he's never seen a smartphone ever. And I'm like, sir, <laughs> like, this is a picture of my ID. And he goes, that's not an ID. And I was like, but you can see how this <laughs> is my ID. Like, you can see how I, this is, <laughs> I have an ID. Like, this works. is a picture of me and my information. <laughs> I promise, I didn't make this up. And he was like, that's not going to cut it. And so, I, you know, I, I, I put my head down. I turned around. I figured I was going to be heading out the door. And he stops me, and he's like, but... What you, know you can do is you can play 21 questions and just answer so many questions and we might be able to verify your ID, which I didn't know was even an option. No. He told me that. No, so. tuck that one away. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> yeah, if you don't, don't turn around, just commit. So, uh, so we played 21 questions. He asked me all these questions, you know, what's your mother's maiden name, your first pet? And I was like, are you trying to get my credit card information? Like, what are you, you're asking me all these questions and... Uh, and so uh, eventually, you know, we land out like, what's your, your father's birthday? And I was like, oh no, I forgot. Like, I, I, <laughs> they're going to turn me away because I don't remember my dad's birthday. I'm a terrible son. Uh, <laughs> but they let me through, you guys. They let me through. So I get through TSA and I have five minutes until my flight leaves. And I don't know if you've ever been to SeaTac Airport before, but there's like an A, B, C, D. And then for some reason, they decided to just throw some wings out there, just some extra, <laughs> some extra uh, parts in the airport. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm in one of those wings. And so you got to catch like a train or something. I don't mm -hmm. even know. And so I remember five minutes left. I'm just running through the airport. I'm holding my shoes in one hand and the duffel bag <laughs> in the other. I'm like, wait, just running through the airport. And I remember it was like a movie scene. I couldn't, I can't make this up. I ran it through the doors and they closed behind me. And, and, and I get to, the train gets to the station and the doors open. And I look down at my phone and I have one minute oh my goodness. until my flight leaves. And I'll never forget the doors open. I just hear over the intercom, it was like, last call, Jameson Hoytink. I was like, no, <laughs> they're going to leave without me. And I, I'll never forget. I ran, I ran all the way to the door. Uh, and there was just this moment of relief seeing uh, my cousin who I was traveling with and the flight attendant sitting there and they were there waiting for me. And just all this anxiety that I just had built up, it just melted away. I was like, oh my goodness, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And so as we were, as we were talking about anxiety, these moments of anxiety, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not talking about like the self-inflicted anxiety of leaving your, your passport. Yeah, uh, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. We're talking, <laughs> there is anxiety that is felt in our world that is like truly like it is, it can be crippling. This, this anxiety that we feel in our lives that just overwhelms. I want to pull up some interesting uh, statistics on anxiety. Uh, it's one of the most common mental health disorders that we see in our world today. Uh, I just want to put these up. They're on the screen here. Anxiety disorder, is, it affects nearly, nearly 4% uh, of the worldwide population. 27.3% uh, of American adults have anxiety problems. 31% of college students have anxiety diagnosis. 41.7% of young adults, 18 to 29, they mm. suffer from anxiety. There is no question uh, that we are a nation that lives with this, this struggle of anxiety, that lives uh, within the fear of anxiety. And, and we see the fallout of this. We see the fallout. Uh, we see uh, instability um, often within our homes and within our families and in, in our relationships. We see isolation and, and loneliness mm -hmm. in our world. In fact, it's been said that uh, this next generation will be deemed the loneliest generation. And as I work with youth students, I see this echoed all the time, the sentiment of just feeling so incredibly alone. And I can even speak to my own personal experience to say that it is, it is so overwhelming at times that you can walk into a room full of people that you would consider family and feel really, really alone. And so this struggle of feeling uh, anxious or fearful or lonely, these are real struggles that we're dealing with in this generation. So 
uh, it doesn't have, but, but I, but I want to give this the spark of hope. It, it doesn't have to be this way mm-hmm. this next year. It doesn't have to remain this way. And so what we want to do is we want to work back and ask the question, how, how did we get here? How did we get here? Yeah. And it, there's probably so many different answers that you right? can get to that. Yeah. But like, how do we get to a spot where that's like, this is the thing. Yeah. Uh, but one that, that, that really comes to mind for us is, is I think we got there in the same way that um, my, my yard has what it has in it at the moment. And, and what, the, if you happen to come past my yard, what you'll notice is there's, it, it's, the, the lawn is green, um, mostly because it's moss. And so that's kind of the way that my come lawn on. works. And, um, you know, we were gifted some, some nice little flowers at one point that we put in kind of a flower bed that we had set aside. But over the course of time, that flower, those flowers decided they didn't want to stay within the flower bed. They've <laughs> made their way somehow rooting throughout the yard. So sometime throughout this past year, my lawn was looking more pink with the flowers <laughs> popping up than it was green. I thought, I should probably do something with this. It's October. <laughs> probably should get something done. And so um, head out to the, to the yard, grab my little thing, the, the, the scoop out the, 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 the little flowers. And as I'm in there, I'm, I'm go down and I start to pull out. And as I reach down and start to pluck this thing out, I hit something. It wasn't just like a little flower. I hit something deep. And I just keep digging around and I pluck this thing out, a little flower like that, but the bulb was like that big. Come on. I was like, what is this? And so I'm like digging around to get this thing out. And I wasn't prepared for this. Like I was expecting, you know, just pluck some things out and go. But now I've got this big hole in my lawn and I'm thinking, well, there's some moss. Stick it on top, but that's that's how we're gonna do that. So, so you know, neighborhood kids like cannot come in our yard because yeah. it will be a death trap for yeah. them, just tripping all over the place. But I think I think that's kind of the way our society has gotten to where it is. It's like in many ways, it's like we've we've plucked out God, right? Like we're gonna pluck out God, place him to the side, and just cover him over with anything else that we possibly can. In any ideology, any way of seeing, any different type of religion, we're just gonna cover it up and think it's gonna work. And the reality is, is that that doesn't work well. It might look really good. I mean, the, the moss was green and it looked good as it covered over the hole, but there's no root and eventually it's going to die. And that's true with every other ideology, every other way of thinking, every other system that tries to put its place where God was meant to be, it's going to have an impact on society. We're gonna find ourselves in places where we're lonely and isolated, as he talked about. Families are gonna have issues trying to figure out how do I navigate this world? People are trying to figure out what move do I make? And it's impossible to try to make moves when you don't have a sense of direction or understanding of what is north, what's the way forward. And we find ourselves in that situation right now. I believe that, that that's really how it is that we've gotten there. And so and this, in this place of being paralyzed, the question is like, okay, well, if that's how we got there, like, how do we move forward? Like, how do we get beyond this place? And, you know, so often the way that this is answered so, so much is like, well, if we can just raise up a bunch of pastors that can do a lot of good work around the church, that can be the answer. We can have some good Christian churches with, sure. with just some, have, have raise up some pastors and yeah. all work. More pastors. But what we want to suggest this morning is that that's not necessarily the way forward. That really the answer to this problem, the answer to this situation that we find ourselves in is not so much the people on the stage, but it's all of us as a faith community. We get the opportunity to be the answer to the world's problem of isolation, of anxiety, of being what this world needs most through the power of Christ. It's us together doing that. 
Absolutely. We believe, and we, we suggest that's you, right? It's, it's everyone here that is needed to make uh, a difference uh, from every age. We talked about every, every single age group, every bracket, every stage of life. There is so much impact that can be made, whether you're in youth, there's impact that you can have in the lives of other and, and, and children and amongst your peers. As young adults, we have a, uh, an impact in our community as, as uh, young parents and, and parents of uh, raising the next generation. You have so much influence and impact within that setting as, as uh, grandparents and as those who are retired, we have the opportunity to invest and make an impact for future generations in the kingdom. And so we suggest that it is everyone here that is needed to make a difference. Um, you are a part of the answer to the world's problems. The kingdom of God needs people like you to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers who intentionally invest in the younger generation. Right. Yeah. And so we'll be using this language of something called spiritual parenting. And really, it's another word for this idea of discipleship. Mm -hmm. It's this idea of investing our lives back into others. And I think what it looks like is, is it looks like being able to avoid situations that I found myself in uh, this summer. <laughs> um, you know, I, was, I decided I was going to try out this new, um, this new trail, backpacking trail with my son. And so what it, what it included was a kayak. And so I borrowed some kayaks and I got them onto the minivan and and, um, you know, I went to, to YouTube to learn how to strap down a kayak because that's where you go to learn things yeah, like University that. University of YouTube, right? The, yeah. the University of YouTube, right? So, <laughs> so it was like, boom, five-minute video. You know, you can just, just throw these things on. So I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I'm throwing the straps on. I've got the thing strapped down. And I, I do what they say. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, if I drive down the road, these things are falling off. Like, that's just how this is going to go. And so I went and grabbed some more straps, and I'm just like strapping this thing down. I mean, it looked like a mummy by the time this thing would get to the end of this thing. It was so bad. It was just strapping, just wanting to make sure it does not go anywhere. I don't want to be the guy on Highway 3, you know, losing the kayak. I don't want to be that guy. And I'm sitting there like an hour, an hour later, I kid you not, an hour later of trying to check the ropes and do all these things. I'm sitting there thinking to myself like, man... If I had just like a dad around or just like an older dude, just kind of look at that and go like, that was good like 15 ropes ago. <laughs> like, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, my life would have been so much better. And that's a little bit of what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual parenting this morning. Is that every single one of us are someplace in our spiritual journey mm. and we need somebody else to walk into our lives, regardless of where we're at, and to say, hey, you know what, where you are is great. Let me tell you about what it looks like to go a little bit further down. Mm. Let me help you be able to take your next step towards Christ. And we all get to do that together because we're all someplace on the spiritual journey. Mm. And so we get to do it together. Someone said it this way, a spiritual parent seeks to reproduce themselves through developing a parenting kind of relationship with the younger person in the church. And while spiritual parenting is not seen in the Bible, we see the concept happening all over the New Testament. So this isn't just something that, that's like adults ha uh, investing in kids, even though that's an important thing. It's adults investing in adults. It's, it's somebody who's in their 30s potentially investing in their 20s. It might be somebody who's, who might be even younger, but is spiritually more mature than somebody else saying, hey, I see where you're at. Let's do this journey together. Let me help you take your next step. That's what we get to do together. That's how we beat this whole thing of people being anxious is when they know that somebody's got their back. And we see it in the New Testament. The language is all over the place. John is writing to the people and he says this, 
My dear children, listen to the familial language as we read these. Mm-hmm. My dear children, I am writing this so that, so, to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Paul's writing to the people of Corinth and he says this, Now I'm coming to you for a third time and, and I will not be a burden to you. I don't want, I don't want what you have, I want you. After all, children don't provide for their parents, rather parents provide for their children. Paul saw his relationship to be like that, and we hear it again in 1 Corinthians. He says, I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as, what does it say there, as my dear children. You see, these people, I mean, it wasn't like they were literal children. There were probably some running around in the congregation, but Paul saw the men and women that he was with as he invested in their lives as spiritual children. He says, even if, there, if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. You see, in each of these cases, it could have been that these apostles had led these people to Christ and therefore became their spiritual parents, or it could be that they came alongside them at some point and said, like, I see you're already on the journey. Let me step into your life. I'd love to help you with the next step. And in that way, help them continue to grow in their journey. In all those cases, it's almost as if they became fathers to, as like fathers to sons to these people in relationships. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Absolutely. And, and to be clear, women can get in on this too. In, in Titus 2.4, it says, uh, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. And so this is, this is for everyone. And, and in Matthew 28.19, it just really encompasses this, this whole mm-hmm. uh, thing that we're called out to live. It says, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus has commanded his followers to make disciples, which involves creating spiritual relationships that in some way resemble a father-son relationship or a mother-daughter relationship. And one of the, the best examples we see playing out in the New Testament of this uh, is the relationship we see between Paul and Timothy. Uh, Paul, Paul's relationship with Timothy was uh, one of a deep father-son kind of relationship. He never referred to, to Timothy as his, his intern or his pastoral residence, but he repeatedly called him a son and, and a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Timothy 1-2, it says, I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God, the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Mm-hmm. You see, this dynamic with with Paul and Timothy is one where Paul lived life with Timothy. They traveled together, they journeyed together, they ate together, they they probably even roomed together as they just went from place to place to place. There was this deep bond that took place. Mm -hmm. And and really, in the richness of Paul's spiritual parenting is summed up when he's writing to Timothy. And Paul, I imagine maybe he's in, in prison at this moment and he's writing to Timothy and he says these words in 2 Timothy. It says, but you, Timothy... Certainly know what I, and here's what he says, you know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love. You know my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how, how I was persecuted in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from it all. And it's as Paul is saying to Timothy, like, you, you know this stuff because you were with me. 
You were there. You saw it. You know what it is that I went through. You, you experienced it with me. We did it in life together, and it made such a huge difference. And, and in what that passage that was there, Paul brings up, he brings up a lot of things, but three of them that we wanted to highlight this morning. The first one that we see is that Paul says, you know my teaching. You know my teaching because I, you were with me when I taught. You see, Paul didn't send Timothy off to some rabbinical school. He didn't meet Timothy and said, like, oh, there's the guy. Now go to school for four years and come back, and then we'll do ministry. Like, that's not how he did it. He said that there's the guy, let's go do life together, come join me with what I'm doing. He personally instructed him as a spiritual son would in the God and in the gospel. And so it isn't to say that that we we shouldn't have institutions. I'm so grateful for for Gateway Christian Schools where we can have a spot where kids are growing up in a a spiritual environment. I'm grateful for a youth group where it's led by an amazing, amazing individual and a great team of people. Um, We're grateful for that. We're grateful for our children's ministry and the the investment that's there. Uh, We're even grateful for Sunday opportunities we're able to come together like this. It's a wonderful thing. But understand this, this can't be the end of our journey. This can't be our spiritual life as a simply show up. We can't farm our kids out, if you will, and say like, hey, you take care of them, you raise them up. Or simply say, hey, I'm going to come on a Sunday morning and that's all I'm going to need for my spiritual life. That, that cannot be it. We were called to, to live into so much more. We're called to, to be so much more in this world. And it requires for us to be in a teaching that goes beyond just the moment, but it becomes a lifestyle and a rhythm that's taking place in our day-to-day life in relationship with others. That's a role that we all get to play in each other's lives. Absolutely. And, and so Paul goes on to say it's not just the teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, the teaching is so important, but the lifestyle is so incredibly important as well. So Timothy was able to observe Paul's actions uh, and catch a glimpse of Paul's spiritual life. The character he would need to fulfill his calling was shaped by Paul, and it set him apart from others in a way that no church service ever could achieve. I like the way uh, one commentator said it. Uh, let's face it, there is no Sunday school class that can produce godly conduct that can only be forged by the fire of the Holy Spirit working through the means of grace in the context of personal discipleship. And there's no better relationship to bring that about than through spiritual parenting. Paul modeled godliness throughout his travels with Timothy, and Timothy was able to see Paul's conduct in both the good times and the bad times. Uh, It was the intentional investment that made the difference. And can I just say that as a parent, it's always great to have the kids see us in the good times. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) The bad times are a little bit rougher, but that's part of the road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Doing relationship, doing life. It's that kind of life on life experience and the influence that is arguably worth more than than a hundred biblical studies classes. Um, Giving people in our church a book uh, to read on godliness is is good and it's fine, but giving them your life uh, as an open book to follow is, is truly priceless. Right. Yeah. It makes such a huge difference. Yeah. And so uh, our, our, the third thing that Paul highlights is uh, he, he talks about teaching, he talks about lifestyle, and then he, and he highlights purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who else is better uh, than a spiritual parent uh, that can cast the proper vision of, of direction for a young person's life? Who better than the parent? Uh, and that's what Paul did for Timothy. And Paul did this without... Uh, he did it without a program or without a curriculum or anything like that. Uh, Paul went about uh, establishing purpose uh, in the life of Timothy. And so uh, well, it's, it's so huge, this idea of purpose, because 
you know, I, I, I think one of the misnomers of life is that, that just because we're adults, we now have purpose. Come on. But there's so many people, I mean, we can find ourselves in this boat of just asking, like, why am I here? Like, why am I doing what, am I, why I'm, what I'm doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And it's, it's, it's one of those tensions because as we, get, as we grow up, we're, we're, the assumption is we're supposed to know the answer to that. And many of us find ourselves walking throughout life, like not really even knowing the answer to that, but don't want to ask it because we think we're supposed to know it because we're adults. And it's just like, ugh, yeah. it's a hard place to be. Right. We need somebody else to come along our, us in our lives and say, like, this is who God is calling you. This is what God is calling you to. This is who God has created you to be. This is what I see in you that maybe no one else is. We need people to come alongside us to speak mm. that purpose Absolutely. into our lives. Absolutely. And so it's so vital to have those relationships. And so um, we just wanted to, to just kind of share with you a little bit of what that's looked like here at Gateway. So we're going to invite uh, Renee to come forward and, and, and Peggy to come up and just thought it would be wonderful to hear their story. Can we give them hands as they make their way yeah. up here? Come on over, Renee. So... Oh, I guess I have mine here. So, so, um, so Renee, um, we met, like, it hasn't been too long that we met. Like, when, when did we meet? We met in, I think it was September. I hadn't been coming here for very long, but you guys had happened to just start, um, I don't know if it was a starting thing, but you guys were having a meeting with the pastors to get a greet and get to know you in the coffee shop. Yeah. So I went yeah. to that. Yeah, it was like a day where we're just like saying, hey, anybody who's new in like the past year or something, like come on out. Yeah, and, um, it was good timing. And you, and you showed up, which was yep. just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, so you showed up, we sat down, people, pastors are doing their pastor thing talking a bunch of stuff and in the midst of it you uh yeah. something and in came between up. you know your presentation you sat down at my table and so we kind of got to talking and mm -hmm. um so i guess it kind of led to a conversation about how i was sort of looking for a place to plug in and yeah. so we got to talking and we shared emails and i um um, you had sent me some links to mm -hmm. kind of um, go through some surveys and kind of point me in the right direction. And that yeah. kind of led to you introducing me to your wife. Yeah. And that was wonderful. And yeah. Christine had already reached out. And, mm -hmm. um, and then we started talking about the disciple <clears throat> programs that you have. Yeah. And that's what led you to introducing me to Peggy. Yeah. So, yeah. Which was a really cool thing because I, in introducing you to Peggy, I didn't know that Peggy was even available at the time, which was fun. So, so this is the fun part of this. And so, so we had this conversation going on in the midst of this. You can hand Peggy the mic. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. What did it look like for you to get introduced to, to Peggy? What was, that, what was that like? Or two. Yeah. Renee. Oh, sorry, Renee. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. This, this is Peggy, I, I know myself. <laughs> um, no, it was, God was already doing some background work in my life. And, um, you know, I was starting to feel like, well, I've, I've been in this place for quite a while now. And Lord, is there something else I can be doing? Is there something more I can do? Mm -hmm. And um, Mario started asking for people who might be interested in reaching out to mm -hmm. others. And so I thought, that sounds like what I want to do. So I'm going to raise my hand. You know? <laughs> so um, that's how it started with me. Yeah. yeah. And did you feel like you were just fully equipped when you jumped into this thing? Oh, <laughs> no. In fact, I had a lot of self-doubt yeah. about <laughs> I got into it and I thought, am I really prepared for this? Can I really do it? And so, but we met and things started rolling along and, you know, there's always answers. And I have people that I can go to, too. Like Mario is available for me and I think Jamie would be available. So. What would you say to someone who's looking to, to go about doing discipling, right? Yeah. Um, 
Well, you know, when I look back on my life and think about the um, people that invested in my life, um, I'm so grateful for them. Mm. They took the time to do it. Everything that you've been talking about today is what's been fed into my life, mm. and now I have the opportunity to return that. Yeah. So That's I say so that anybody who's walked with the Lord for a while, you can turn around and reach for someone else. That's the, 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 um, the example we see in the Bible. With it's so true. Mm -hmm. There was somebody who said, in the land of the blind, the person with one eye is king. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> so that's all you need, right? Just one step ahead, Come on. right? Yeah. Uh huh. That's good. Uh huh. And, and so, so you two started to connect. So, so you raised your hand and said, like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll step up. I'll do it. And um, so I was like, great. So let's, let's see if we can make a connection here. And so, so you're saying, yes, yeah, step forward. So I want to ask you. Um, I have to pass the mic back again. So, so, so you know, my hunch is that there's, there's. Um, well, first of all. Have you started meeting, yeah. the two of you? We've, we've only been meeting for about a month, and so I think we've met three times, so we're still kind of you know, figuring out the relationship. Yeah. But it's great um, because you get to kind of pray together, mm -hmm. and um, she's been so great. She'll send me some verses occasionally oh, just cool. in text during the week, just really uplifting. And yeah. um, it's kind of like being able to look into a mirror and kind of see where you're at. And that's kind of what I was looking for is like, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to gauge where you are mm -hmm. in your walk and have somebody who's a little bit further along to kind mm -hmm. of give you more confidence so that when that mm -hmm. time comes around that you want to go and encourage somebody else and you kind of have some idea of at least where you are, you know, yeah. in your walk. So it's been good. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Now, now here's the deal that I, you know, we've been talking about this idea of Timothy in some ways and, and in this relationship that's kind of who you get to be is sort of like a Timothy to, yeah. to a Paul and so my question for you is, is for those of us that might be in this spot that are feeling like I could use somebody in, in my life I don't know if I should what, what would would you recommend it like what would you say absolutely I mean um, I was kind of anticipating that question and so um, what came to mind is, I don't know if anybody's ever watched The Chosen. I think some of us have mm -hmm. at least, like, checked it Anybody out. Anybody? Watch Chosen? Um, okay. You're at the right crowd here. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the beginning, there's this illustration of fish. Hmm. And they kind of are going around in a circle, and then occasionally one will turn blue, and it'll turn around, and it'll kind of um, swim against the grain. Hmm. And in, a, in essence, it's kind of going upstream. And when I think about discipleship, I think about there's somebody out there that can reach in and kind of help you keep the momentum because the current is the world, you know, mm. and we're supposed to be going against the grain, That's you so know, good. against it. And um, it's really nice to be able to have somebody there that can help you just keep your momentum and encourage you and, yeah. um, and just be that person to just keep you moving forward. So. That's so good. Yeah. Can we give these ladies a hand? That's a, that'll preach. Come on. <laughs> so good. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Ah, oh. so that's what we're talking about. I mean, it doesn't, we don't have to be a rock star. You don't have to be the, the, the somehow have everything figured out. It's just simply saying, you know what? I'm willing to step forward into somebody else's life. And we all get an opportunity to do that. We all get a chance to be able to step into people's life in that way. And, you know, as we start to prepare to close, I was just thinking, like, at the end of the day, we're all going to be sitting someplace at our deathbed. We'll be sitting at the end, and we'll be sitting back thinking about, like, what, what, do we, what, what do we do with our life? 
What purpose did we have with our life? What investment did we make? And I pray that for every single one of us, it's more than like the, the money that we accumulated or the homes or all the stuff of this world. But I was just thinking about what if we could say the same thing that Paul said about Timothy in Philippians. And I just want you to hear this word, like the way that Paul describes Timothy. He says, if the Lord is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you're getting along. And listen to what he says about Timothy. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served me in preaching the good news. I just think, like, what if we could say that we were, we were in somebody else's life so much so that we could say those words about them? This is a good dude that I've raised up. This is an amazing young woman that I've had an opportunity to invest in for this portion of my life. And I'm sending them out to you because I know that they will make a difference in your life because of the time we got to spend together. That's the opportunity that we all get to step into in this next year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been challenging uh, our students, been challenging all of our group leaders just to say like, hey, who are you going to disciple in this next year? And I want to invite you all to be considering that in this next year. Who is it that we will intentionally invest in spiritually so that they move from where they are now to the next place in their journey? It might be people who are biologically in our family, or it might just be in our spiritual family that the Lord would lead us to someone to do that with in this next year. See, the church doesn't necessarily need more people on stage. The church needs the people of God to be activated, to step into people's hearts and lives. And that's when we'll see the tide turn in the way that God intended to. There was no other plan that Jesus had. He didn't say make more lights, get more screens, get more buildings. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's what we get the opportunity to do together. You know, we have the opportunity with, um, I get to, get to share with some of my guys in, our, in the group that I'm in, and it's just a blast because I have some older dudes that get together with the older guys and, and with the younger guys, and it's just so neat to see those relationships get together. And I just want to suggest that we all get the opportunity to do it. And so I want to invite you as we prepare to close just to think about this. Some of us are in this place, and you know that your next step is to become a spiritual parent. And that just simply means, like, beyond just looking at my own life and the things that I've accumulated... I'm thinking, how can I invest my life in somebody else's in an intentional way? And if you ask that question, the Lord's going to lead somebody your way. They're sitting in this place. They're in, the, in the, the, the service before this. They're out in the community. The Lord will lead somebody your way. Would you be willing to step up and say, God, use me. 2024 is coming. Use me in this way. Some of us were in a spot where we're saying, you know what? I could use somebody in my life. Just like Renee was talking about, it's, it's not that necessarily my world is falling apart, but I just know I could go further, faster, if I had somebody else investing in my life. I tell you what, it's a whole lot better than trying to spend hours cranking down a kayak. <laughs> so much better to have somebody else just to help us lead us along. You know, for some of us, taking that step might not be the step for us, but you just would say, I, I just love to have some resources. If that's you, and you like, well, I would just want to start with a good book to read or some parenting resources in my family. How do I disciple my kids? We put all that together for you. We would love to give that to you this morning. You just text in the word bridge to that same number this morning, and you'll see opportunities to, to, to respond to say, I want to be a spiritual parent, or I, want to, I need to be invested in, or I want a list of resources. It's all right there. And we want to encourage you to take advantage of those opportunities that this year will truly be a different year. So would you stand with us this morning? 
morning, we're going to take an opportunity to respond to the Lord and say, God, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And so with hearts open, let's come before him and let's pray. Yes, Father, we come, we come before you and we just, or we just, we just, we just prepare a way. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we kind of given this message to wrap up the year, Lord, I just pray that there would be hearts that would be open to to this idea of being discipled and discipling. Lord, I just, I pray as we, as we step into a new year, Lord, that that would be, that would be the thing that we, we push towards, towards over everything else, Lord. There are people in this room right now who desperately just, they need someone to do life with them. So I just pray that you would, you would just, you would let those people know right now that there, there are people around them that want to support them. Lord, I just pray for the person in the room who, who who feels like they're doing it alone, but that they would know they are not alone, Lord, that you are there with them. Lord, you want to have relationship with them. God, I just pray for the one in the room who's, who's there hearing this message for the first time. They're hearing about this, this Jesus. They, maybe they came to the service last week and they heard about the birth of Jesus and they're like, I don't know what this is about, but I know I don't want to do it alone anymore. God, I pray that, that, that opportunities would be opened up, Lord. I just, I just pray that, that if this is your first time, Lord, that, that you would just say, God, Father, I want, I want you to be a part of my life. Jesus, I want you to be a part of my life. I want what you have, Lord, and, and, and have your way in my life. I want what you have over everything else. So, Father, let that be the prayer of someone's heart this morning, Lord. Lord, some of us have been journeying with you for, for many years. We know you, and we've gotten to know you in deeper ways. And we hear you speaking to us. We hear you calling us out to, to take that step towards investing back in somebody else's life. And, and for those that are, that are saying yes to that this morning, God, I pray that you would open up our eyes to those that are around us. Open up our, our hearts, Lord, to those that, that, are, that are running around the place or walking around the place. That, um, that could go further faster if we stepped into their life. And we don't have everything figured out, Lord, but, but just like those disciples who were, they were just some, some fishermen that you called out, Lord, um, we just declare this morning, we're just some, some people <laughs> that you're calling out this morning. Lord, use us greatly and mightily, Lord, that when we get to the end of our journey, we will be able to look back and see a train of people that we had an opportunity to invest in that your kingdom would be richer because of the opportunities that you placed into our path. God, we want to honor you with our lives, our very lives. And so as we step into to 2024 and get ready for that to come, God, may this be a year that is completely different than any other, a year in which this faith community have our hearts focused in on seeing your kingdom come and your will be done in the hearts and lives of people in this community. That new disciples would be made the new followers of you would be made, that we would all grow deeper in you. And so as a faith community, we offer ourselves to you to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Christ alone.
my song, this cornerstone, this all I ground, heard through the fiercest drought and storm. What a height of love, what a depth of peace, where fears are still, when the striving sees, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand.
I'll stand here in the past. 